0: welcome back to the i drink from skulls podcast it's your host matt smith with me today we have a very special guest he's the immortal from ipswich the legend from limestone park he's a family man he's the founder of botcher estate agents mr adam botcher how are you sir good mate how are you doing long time no talk glad to have you on the show my good man
1: did you Thank like you. that build up? glad to be here yeah. yeah it's way more than i'm used to <laughs> so i'm a marketer that's what we yeah. do <laughs> Yeah, keep it up. Can you keep that intensity up for the I'll whole I'll do program? my best. Let's <laughs> go. I drink from school. Drink from the of my enemies.
0: <laughs> so, mate, you're the very first Aussie I've had on the show. Right. So, with that in mind, who the hell is Adam Botcher?
1: Well, that's a good question. So, I'm a um, real estate agent stroke principal. So, I run an agency in Ipswich, Greater Springfield for those overseas or not in the know that's about 25 30 kilometers west of brisbane so one of our major cities here in australia i'm a father um so i have two boys i'm married white with a wife obviously yeah you and i went to school together so i'm a local through and through so ipswich is where our business is it's where i grew up um it's where i played sport and it's where i am now residing as a as a business owner awesome mate And how long have you been in business? So I've been doing real estate for about 15 years, but as a business owner, we're into our third year now. How have you found it? Look, there's a big difference between being a real estate agent and being a real estate um, principal or director. So there's there's obviously the leadership component. We've got 13 people here now in the business. So you're not just looking after yourself, you're looking after a large array of different personalities and different people. So that comes with its own challenges, but it's been rewarding and the business is, is doing really well. So better, better than
0: we expected. That's fantastic, mate. When you got started, was it just yourself or did you have a core team?
1: No. So when I, when I finished up at um, my previous agency, I had no real plan of attack. I knew that I was going to go out and start my own agency, but I hadn't really put the blueprint together which I wouldn't recommend to anyone that's thinking of going out on on their own usually plan these things out in advance don't just try and wing it but um I was very lucky um after I left I was working from my bedroom sort of working remotely um but I was very lucky within the space of about three months we had a number of agents join the agency and and from there we just got a, a bigger space and then once we outgrew that we've upsized again so i was lucky to have those guys follow me across and and yeah we were able to build a team from from two or three core agents that's and, fantastic i know this
0: will this will help a lot of people that will be listening or subscribe in the future but what was the was there a defining moment where you knew you know what i just got to do this thing for myself or
1: talk us through that i think you i think you read reach a stage in your career where you can become comfortable where you are and you can become complacent. And that's okay for a lot of people. A lot of people stay in the same job um, at the same company for 15, 20, 30 years. But for people that uh, maybe have the ambition to go out on their own, I think you just get to that point where you know you've reached a certain level of competency. So you know that you're able to to do the job. It's just a matter of pulling the trigger and Having the belief that you know, if you go out there and give it a hundred percent and do what you know you're you're capable of, you're very unlikely to fail. I think a lot of people are uh, scared of yeah. failure, but I think you know, if you're confident, you're confident in your field, and you've got that self belief, you're going to make it. And I just reached that point where I where I'd been at the same place for a long yeah. time. I'd plateaued. The enthusiasm was gone. I just needed a different challenge. I knew that if I put my shoulder to the to the wheel i could get it done and that was um that was a catalyst for it yeah it's, that's amazing that's a great share it's
0: also really cool mate to see like in three years if we've been going our business been going three and a half years just the impact you can have in it's it's a pretty short amount of time like if you think about the team yeah. you've built you've got a team of 14 possibly expanding in, in the future no doubt and the number of lives you've you've impacted by the homes you've sold and getting people into their dream home and things like that it's it's crazy isn't it it is um
1: even though it feels like it's a lot longer (laughs) three years isn't a long time or two and a half you know coming into three years isn't a long time in reality but um you know it's a six seven day a week you know investment in time you make a lot of sacrifices away from your family you know as you're where you, you sort of forego different different things so you can focus and put your energy into the business. But I think if you do that, you can have success yeah. relatively quickly um, if you're willing to make those sacrifices. Yeah, right.
0: What Have you been able to find, uh, balance isn't the right word, but like sort of like a counterbalance where you still see the family and you're still able to do
1: things? I see what you share online, so I know it's not all work. Yeah, look, I... Look, Christmas is a is a non-negotiable for me. So anything over that sort of Christmas, New Year's period, Easter is another non-negotiable. I've been really, really bad at balancing work life. Even when I was an agent working at another yeah. agency, I would sort of always lean towards work and I would struggle to find that balance. But I think over the last 12 to 18 months, I've become more cognizant of the fact that my kids are only going to be a certain age for you know for yeah. now and, and they're going to be older before i know it so i i you know have made a an effort to try and spend more time at home i tried not to work sundays um unless there's you know something pressing a deal to be done or a podcast um Cheers. But for the that's <laughs> no, all good. For the most part, you know, Sundays Sundays I try and have yeah. off. I work long hours during the week, so I'm in the office by you know seven seven thirty, and I'm usually leaving at 9 o'clock. So um, I try and at least have one full day a week at gotcha. home. And, um, Saturday's a big day in real estate, yeah. so obviously it's hard. But you know, it's the sacrifices you make early on you're banking on those making or paying dividends down the track so you get to spend some more time with the kids over the over the coming years that's right in your case you've you've put in and and you've you're
0: receiving the the rewards out of that which i think some people skip over they might see all the success they see that you know financially you've you're doing really well or they think most business owners are but they don't see the other side of it is that fair enough i
1: think that's a very fair assumption and there's been a lot of people in the 14 15 years that i've been in real estate leave to start their own companies without the benefit of seeing what goes on on the other side and look the attrition rate for people going out on their own is really really i mean most people don't make it and the reality is that's because they only see what's on Instagram, they don't see the you know the director sitting in the office at seven thirty at night, you know, trying to reconcile accounts and uh, put out fires and do all those sort of things. So I think you know we've got social media to thank yeah. for that. I think people uh, try and present their lives or or their businesses in a certain manner, but it's not really a true reflection of what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah and that's so important to to talk about
0: social media is a highlight reel and that highlight reel realistically is on steroids for most people it's not their reality it, it's 100 percent on yeah. steroids yeah
1: yeah yeah I, I i couldn't agree more i think um and the more people posture on social media generally you know when you dig a little bit deeper there's not much behind behind that there's very little substance we're on social media we use it as an advertising tool, but you won't see one of our agents flashing their new Range Rover or their Rolex on social media because to me that's just, you know, it's it's I don't think people want to see it. I don't think it holds any value. I think we try and provide some value with what we provide on social media, whether it's market updates or, you know, information pertaining to the local market. I think that's far more important. It's a great tool for that, but, you know, not necessarily the the bling side of things it's something the real estate industry is uh, unfortunately well known for and hopefully we can help phase it out of that sort of taking a fight to the man love that botch yeah is it? nest to people care what car you drive or <laughs> what watch you wear? like I, it just it it blows me away i think it's just i think it's an insecurity thing but I, it just you know, I think it's a big turnoff, particularly in our demographic, where, you know, this isn't Double Bay or Turak. This is Western suburbs of Brisbane, Ipswich. You grew up yeah. here, it's it's still fairly working class. It's blue collar. People don't care about that yeah. type of stuff, but like they want value, and, and we try
0: and provide value as much as we can. Yeah, I love that. That's a great share for anyone who's following along. Know your market, know your demographic, and, and be about it, hey? Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know agents in this, um, uh, once upon a time, you know, obviously prices have gone north pretty drastically here, but there was a period of time where some agents were turning up to houses to do appraisals Their cars were worth more than the yeah, houses. Right. And I think, you know, are you really associating with, with your demographic there? But No, nah, I love that, mate. Just on that, we keep hearing, like if anyone watches
0: the news, we keep hearing that the world, the financial markets, the real estate markets are... The, the doom and gloom, they're going to collapse at some point. What are you seeing in the real estate market in, in Southeast Queensland?
1: Look, we're seeing um, really, really strong numbers at Open home. So what are we sort of four weeks into 2023 um, at the time of the, of the podcast? And look, each weekend, our Open Home numbers have been really, really strong. Properties are still selling. I think the worst of its uh, I think we've passed the worst of it, I think it's probably you know going to stay the way that it is now for a little while for a little while longer and i think if it does i think it's a pretty evenly spread market it doesn't necessarily favor the sellers and it doesn't necessarily favor the buyers it's it's you know there's good opportunities out there if you if you're a seller with the right house it's presented well in a good location uh, we're still seeing huge turnouts um, but on the flip side there's less competition amongst buyers you know in 2021 we might conduct an open home and have 25 people through and by the end of the day we'd have 10 or 15 wow. offers so there was that much competition where we're seeing those type of numbers through open homes still we may be dealing with four or five offers so there's less competition if you're a buyer but there's still you know some good opportunities if you're a seller as well so i don't believe the the doom and gloom mate i don't you know House prices dropping by 40%, things like that. I don't buy into that. I've been through a couple of cycles now. And yeah, I think we're past the worst of what we've experienced. I think where we are now is where we'll probably stay for a little while. What's the yeah. biggest challenge you see, like with your clients specifically? The biggest challenges, I guess, for sellers is recognizing that, you know, it isn't twenty twenty one. Um, so two years ago, you know, The price that they have in mind or the price that that they would like to achieve may have been achievable, but because we do have less competition, it's just getting sellers to recognize that perhaps, you know, there may need to be some thought adjustment around where the property actually sits. Um, The challenge for buyers is serviceability with interest rate rises. Every time that happens, uh, your potential as a buyer to borrow money obviously that decreases and it affects your ability to borrow a certain amount. So it depends what side of the coin you sit on. But um, for sellers, it's it's adjusting to the new market. Um, and for buyers, it's, you know, trying to get in before we see some more interest rate rises and potentially people's ability to borrow a certain amount will decrease as that occurs. We've had an interest rate rise as late as i think it was on the 8th of february so that's going to impact people so they're the two main challenges that we're seeing at the moment Mate, the
0: um we just had the interest rate rise on the the 8th as you mentioned all the news all the mail is suggesting there could be two or three more is that
1: sort of yeah i think that's probably fair enough in fact i think i think from and look i'm an agent not a property analysis but from all the the feedback that we've had and all the people that we talk to that would have a better understanding of that type of thing, I think that's probably a fair assumption. And I think when I say we're past the worst of it, I think people have probably recognize that and if they're working with a broker that's probably being factored into their borrowing capacity and and things like that so buyers can still buy with confidence
0: it's an interesting one and i want to dig in here a little bit further despite the you know the challenges or interest rates going up realistically going back to normal been at record lows for so long but rental occupancy is at record lows which means demand is higher than snoop dogg at a willie nelson concert is that right i think
1: that's a fair assumption yeah i mean Probably not the analogy I'd use <laughs> uh, with landlords or tenants, but um, yeah, look, demand demand for for and, uh, good quality rentals is uh, it's through the roof, and and I think that goes beyond. I think that's actually you know a state or you know even federal issue. I think I think there is a, a lack of affordable housing. Yeah across the board and we're really really seeing it stretched at the moment where our property managers might be dealing with 20 applications 20 good applications 20 people that on paper deserve to be you know put in a, in a rental property but unfortunately you can only pick one and we just don't have the volume of um of homes available so i think it's a it's a real problem. I think it needs to be addressed on a higher state level or, or federal level. I don't see how that's going to be resolved short term.
0: It's a tough one. There's always a winner and there's normally always a loser in these types of things. Or we always hope for a win-win. But does that does that sort of sense? Is there a sense that there's an opportunity for investors there if they can get in now? People need homes. They need somewhere to live. They can get in and they can service the the, the repayments and get a renter is that a good opportunity for them with higher interest rates
1: i think so i think you know particularly in our area where um they're going to be less less affected by those interest rate rises because their service you know their serviceability is a lot lower um and the rent you know has increased dramatically i think there are some good opportunities out there but we've seen that interestingly enough you bring up that point and and you would think that That's a space where you would be seeing people take advantage of that, but we're not really seeing that. It seems to be more so the owner-occupied properties that are still selling within a relatively short period of time. The investment space, in terms of selling and trying to find buyers, has actually been the part of the business that's probably slowed down the most. Yeah, and I think I think you know a lot of that comes down to the fact that because prices have gone up so much, you know perhaps. Perhaps Ipswich doesn't represent the same return. Now, once upon a time, you'd get six or seven percent on your on your return. You're only getting sort of four or five now. So maybe it's not as appealing as it once was in that regard. But yeah, it's it's a very unpredictable and it's it's an interesting sort of period of time we're in. That's for sure. It's funny though, if just digging
0: in a bit further, it's might not be as appealing right now. But the the properties are affordable, and if you could get in now and get a better interest rate in a couple of years rents don't really go down too much do they could be no
1: right not when there's a, a supply yeah. issue they certainly don't yeah look it's it's interesting but again that comes down to the fact that people willing to play the long game or do they want the short term uh, i think we're we're sort of not brainwashed but we're sort of trained to think that everything's a short-term game now we know chairs and crypto and all that type of stuff where property is a long-term, a long-term game, it, you know, the property market doesn't sort of work in a linear fashion, it goes up and down and you've got to be prepared to to play the long game and wait 5, 10, 15 years before you see it, significant return, so I think with all those other platforms out there, property, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe on the back burner for the time being, I'm not too sure, Never underestimate
0: the uh, silliness of humans, because people need somewhere to live, and a house is as good
1: as it gets in 100%. Australia. Hundred um, percent. But I, again, I think it's just people aren't willing to to play that yeah. long game. Yeah, they want their return, you know, straight away, and all within it you know, period of months, not years, but I think you're spot on. I think, yeah, it makes sense, particularly out this way. It makes sense if, if you want to play the long game. We have the Olympics coming up soon and that's going to bring a whole lot of infrastructure and jobs and, and whatnot. So there's worse places to invest. Yeah, so on a different note. I've
0: seen you promoting, just, you know, posting and stuff like that, that you're able to help people find a home to rent or you're helping the, you know, the, the, the owner-occupier rent it out talk us
1: through that in terms of um finding helping helping owners find a tenant it's the same as um you know trying to sell a property that might be overpriced that it's the same concept sometimes landlords just want too much and despite the demand that we're talking about if something's grossly over over inflated there won't be anyone there to to buy it or or rent it so you know sometimes it's just a matter of um our property managers having a discussion with the with the owners and trying to get you know them to to see that perhaps you know they are slightly above where the market sits and um i think that's something that 99 percent of agencies particularly in the property management side of the business business they don't do that they they sort of let properties sit on the market and they wait where Our property managers are very proactive. If something's not renting within, you know, a reasonable period of time, they're on the front foot having conversations with their landlords, you know, trying to get, you know, perhaps a slightly lower rental price per week or whether we offer the tenants three free months, whatever we need to do. You know, in those situations, you need to be proactive. And that's something that on both sides of the coin, sales... And rentals you know we don't sit back and wait for things to happen because you know properties don't rent or they don't sell by luck sometimes you actually have to use some strategy and and be proactive to get things done and and i think you've seen a lot of people that entered the industry in 2021 2020 that you know properties were selling themselves you know are renting themselves you're literally an order taker yeah um whereas the market shifted a little bit now where you actually have to come up with a marketing plan you need to have frank conversations with your owners with your landlords you need to be proactive if something's not happening you need to try something different and that's one thing i think we do better than, than most agencies is we're proactive and that's how we get things rented that other prop that other property managers can't get rented and we sell things that other agents have had a go at selling and they've been sitting on the market for 100, 200 days and we're able to sell them within a couple yeah. of weeks. And that comes down to marketing. And I know you know a lot about marketing, that's your background, but you know, a good marketing strategy can deliver results in a you know, short window of time. Yeah. I'd love to dig in a bit further there because
0: it's, it's when I read and I've seen it, I don't know, at least a dozen times and I'm, I'm sure it's happened a lot more than that, but at least a dozen that I've seen, where you've taken on a property that hasn't sold um and this is la- like last year as well where things like you said were selling themselves but you've taken on a property yeah. it's been sitting there for three six sometimes even 12 months or six months and you guys have taken it on and been able to get a great deal for all parties in in a couple of weeks is that where you put that that sort of success down to like having a definitive plan and a strategy
1: in place well i think so i think in the ideal world we'd like to get the listing the first time around but the reality is you don't win every listing you know it's a competitive industry but what happens is agent list property they're enthusiastic for two or three weeks they generally have given the owner um some sort of price expectation at the appraisal that was unrealistic to begin with so they go to market at that price point it sits on the market for two or three weeks The sellers go, What the hell is happening? You told us we'd get this. We've had no feedback. Uh, We've had, you know, maybe three or four groups through over three or four weeks. You know, what's happening? The agent loses enthusiasm. The property ends up sitting there for 90 days, which is the, the maximum amount of time you can list a property for in Queensland. And then somebody like us will come in and actually deliver a proactive strategy, whether that's an option. Whether that's an expression of interest campaign. And we'll over service our client for two or three weeks because a lot of the time it comes down to vendor education. Yep. So if they've been told by H and A their property's worth eight hundred thousand, but the comparables are showing seven hundred thousand, six hundred and fifty thousand, then they need evidence from the market to support that. They're not going to take the agent's word for it. They need to they need market feedback. So We'll design a marketing campaign that attracts people to the property. We'll get that buyer feedback. We'll pass that on to the vendors and then they'll be able to make a decision based on the feedback from the market, whether they retain ownership of the property or they accept where true market value is and they sell the home. So it's communication. It's not over-promising when you sit down initially with the seller and giving them false expectations around price and and it's about feedback you know like i said it's very easy for agents to lose enthusiasm if they haven't sold a property in two or three weeks and i think that's a byproduct of the last three years where things have sold so quickly yep. by one the client the clock back five ten years you know i'd sit at open homes i remember in 2011 just after we had floods here in ipswich and yep. you know the market To say it was bad would be an understatement. I mean, you couldn't give property away. And I'd sit at the same property for eight weeks in a row, and we might see three people. But I always kept in contact with my sellers. Um, I always kept them up to date, even if there was nothing to keep them up to date on. And I think learning how to communicate is the key. And I think that's where a lot of agents drop the ball. If they haven't sold it in two or three weeks, Gotcha. they forget the seller's name. Yeah. And they become really easy targets for for companies like us, and we take take over the listing. And though it could literally, you know, provide a hundred plus case studies of properties that we've sold within a couple of weeks that have been on the market for six to twelve months prior. Right. And I think that's one of where you know that comes down to training. You know, always trying to learn. You know, there's people within the industry, with outside the industry. That you know, YouTube's a great source, and um, we do a lot of training internally with our agents. Around that processing of stock, vendor communication. Don't sugarcoat things. It's you mm. know, in my opinion, I think sales is moved past. I think buyers and sellers want transparency. Yeah. 2023, everything's available on the internet. Buyers come to open homes, or the sellers. When we go to sit down to do an appraisal, they know more about the market than most of the agents do because. The information's there on the internet. It's not hard to find. So, you know, be transparent, communicate frequently and provide the truth and don't be afraid to ask hard questions and it's amazing what happens. Yeah.
0: What's um let's say just hypothetically, let's say I'm looking to list, I want to sell my place. What can I do and what could any homeowner do to avoid that happening to them where like as in Someone's coming in, they're promising them a crazy high price just to get the listing. How, how can they avoid that?
1: Like, what would you do? So there's usually, you know, if I'm a seller, there's usually three or four reasons why the property doesn't sell. So it's price, you know, it's usually the big one, presentation, your marketing strategy is inadequate, or you've picked the wrong agent. So if you get the presentation right, and not every house needs to look like it's in two rack or double bay i mean we're in like again we're in ipswich this is you know this is our market but present have some pride in your house present it well declutter so the presentation's important then coming up with a marketing strategy work out you know is this going to be something that an investor's going to buy is this going to be something that is going to appeal to a first home buyer or somebody that you know is looking for a renovation project so work out what your target demographic is, and then once you get those those things sort of down pat with your agent, you need to come up, yeah, you know, with with a realistic price that you're going to go to market at. Use comparable sales, or or take the property to auction. That's another great way to sell without a price. Um, and generally, if you do those two or three things, that you really give yourself a good opportunity to uh, to sell. It's when you get one of those things wrong so price presentation marketing and the agent that you decide to go with if you get one of those four things wrong your chances of selling decrease so they're the big four things and a good competent agent should be able to walk into the house and come up with a, a marketing strategy that's going to deliver competitive tension you know create buyer competition all that kind of stuff and that's probably the most important thing
0: gotcha that makes sense. What would you do to further investigate an, an agent if you were in, sort of in that early, late listing stage?
1: Yeah, if a seller if a seller is on the fence, whether they're going to go with us or they're going to go with somebody else, I'll give them or offer to give them the number of the last five clients that we represented. You know, obviously with the mission of the previous clients, but I think, you know, referrals or reviews speak volumes. Yeah. So, you know... People that have had a good experience with you that aren't a family member or a friend, you know, that are giving sort of unbiased sort of feedback. I think that's a great way for a seller to to dig a bit deeper. Ask for, you know, can I grab, you know, the details of somebody that you worked with over the last couple yep. of months? And if the agent hesitates or doesn't want to provide that, then you know that probably haven't provided the best experience for for an owner. So I think that's a good tip for sellers talk to people that have worked with the person you're thinking about engaging and there's a lot of information a lot you know google reviews things like that but actually speaking with someone that's you know worked with worked with the agent for an extended period of time is pretty powerful and a lot of our business you know subsequently is very heavily uh, referral based a lot of it's word of mouth we don't not tell our agents to cold call them prospects it's important but the reality is a lot of the um, inventory that we get, all the homes that we get to sell, do come from repeat clients or friends of previous clients, and um, that's a good way to get business. It's the best, isn't it? It's the best yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: mate. I want to do. I want to change the tune a little bit here. I'm going to do a bit of word association. So just tell me the first thing that springs into your mind when I drop a few words on you. I'll start with Is real estate in Ipswich, ready to burn. I like it. Ipswich itself. Fantastic place to live. Rugby league. Injuries. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> Business. Uh rewarding, but you need to be willing
1: to sacrifice time and put in a lot of effort. And lastly, botchers estate agents. The best in oh, the West. I like that. Like that? I genuinely <laughs> think that we've got the best agents in, in Ipswich and Greater Springfield and I I do Absolutely. think that. Absolutely basing it off of all the the results and
0: the happy people and and your team i would have to agree mate um what's a
1: question i should have asked you but didn't look I, I don't know i mean it's it's a hard one to answer look i think um you sort of got there towards the end but i think it's really important when sellers do decide and i'm getting you know going back into sort of real estate mode here but i think it is really important when sellers do decide to go to market that, you know, they make the right decision the first yep. time and they do their due diligence because if they don't, for most people, it's their biggest asset and the longer the property sits online, the less likely you are to achieve the price that you would have in the first couple of weeks. So if you put it in the hands of the wrong agent, yeah, you could be costing yourself a significant amount of money. So I think um, that was probably the most pertinent thing for me is, you know, how do you, how do you identify the best person representing in the market and, yeah. I'm glad you touched on that because I think it's really important. And I think a lot of people that have been successful over the last sort of 12 to 18 months are going to have to really up their game in the next 12 to 18 months. Absolutely. Mate, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? We're all over the internet. So if you search Botches Estate Agents, um, obviously um, our website will come up there. We're located um, in the middle of Ipswich. Two thirty nine Brisbane Street in Ipswich, but www.botches.com.au is the best place to go to. Um, we're in the middle of um, upgrading our website and, and whatnot, so that's the best point of contact. Made any final thoughts or words? No, mate. No, thanks for having me on, and um, it's good to see that you know you're doing something um, like this because I don't think I think a lot of people are, are afraid to get outside of their comfort zone and do things that don't necessarily come natural to most people and it's a good thing that you're doing and hopefully um you know people get something from it you've been dropping nuggets all day my good man we're very
0: appreciative to have you sharing that gold with us today first aussie definitely a future immortal of the real estate space mr adam botcher thank you very much you bloody legend all night my- honored to be the first Ryan, thank you all righty and that's it from the i drink from Skulls podcast today.